Hey, what's going on, Dr. Drill? I'm bringing you the friggin' Making Motivation podcast, my friend. What is motivating? People are motivating, you know? Life is motivating. The fall is motivating, coming from a pretty toasty summer. A beautiful summer, nonetheless, but a very toasty summer. Happy to see the leaves falling and the beginnings of their changing colors and that we don't need to mow the lawn all the fucking time. Makes me happy. The rustle of leaves, that characteristic sound and the grimace of a jack-o'-lantern, freshly carved. The seeds scattered on a greased pan with some salt and pepper Maybe some onion powder for a savory touch. Freshly toasted pumpkin seeds and the cool mornings. My friend described something from my my old neighborhood back in New Jersey. When you walk across the grass barefoot in the autumn, early mornings, which that would appear uncomfortable. It's definitely, if you've ever done that, you know how it feels at that cold moisture of the grass. It's a real characteristic feeling, sensation. You should try it. Head out, even tonight, 75 degrees. It's a little bit warm. It's a little bit balmy. It's going to rain tomorrow, apparently. People have been talking about the rain and the potential for storms ever since the week started. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Invariably, people will be belly aching about the weather and the rain and all that. Oh my God, it's raining. I can't believe it. It's been beautiful for weeks. You know, we could use a little bit of, of moisture. And I like the those first chimneys. <clears throat> Wood-burning stoves. The few that exist out there in society that wood-burning stoves, the chimneys fired up and a little smoke drifting out of a into the cold winter air. And the decor, apple picking. Yes, a little bit of fucking pumpkin spice, this or that. I just plugged in some new, new uh, plugins. New fucking Bath and Body Works plugins this morning it was like pumpkin pie something or other. I had to steal them. I had to conceal them in my bag uh, as I walked out of the uh, the office, or the, I walked out of the house this morning. And uh, last night I planted them in my bag. I know my wife's not going to put her nose in there. She gets pissed when I steal the plugins. Oh, you can you can go on fucking line and order more. And she's very, very. She guards these plugins very closely. God forbid I take them, so that the uh, office can smell nice. Yeah, she buys them in all fairness, but but you know, come on. The offices I spent all my entire days there, so I need to be a. a 
pleasant environment as well. So, a little pumpkin plugins, pumpkin, fucking pumpkin caramel muffin or something, whatever the fuck it is. It smells pretty good. What else is there about fall? The harvest, you know, driving behind the last of the the farming vehicles. This morning there was a flatbed truck where the last haul of corn was spread across the top of this flatbed and other combines, wherever the fuck they got. They're uh, locally, I have a friend named the Barnes, the Barnt family. They've got 100 acres up across the street from where I live. And they hay the fields, bale up the, the hay. As far as I can tell, hay is basically any vegetation that is grown in a field. Wildflowers, you know, different, obviously you can get different different plants and stuff in there that are richer in nutrients or better to grow alfalfa or whatever. And maybe spray, spread those fields with different grasses and then, you know, other things grow, of course. And they just mow it all down and bale it up and it dries out in the sun. And then animals eat that and they use it for keeping the moisture in the ground. As far as I know, that's what's going on. Like hay isn't an actual plant. Haying is like a dried out, dried out vegetation, grasses of all kinds. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, you got fucking haying going on and you got uh, goddamn corn, the last of the corn being plucked and shucked and kids riding their school buses early morning, scampering to the bus stop, families seeing to it that their kids get out there and make it on time and do their best, do your best little Johnny, little Sarah that's a beautiful thing about fall, fall ball you know, football whatever other fall sports there are soccer things to look forward to, things that are pathognomonic (laughs) that's not even the proper term, but that is a term like pathognomonic is something that is characteristic I'll use that term again, for a particular disease process, like Creaky joints is pathognomonic in the, ta- in the case of arthritis. It always accompanies that process. So, um, mnemonic is, so patho means disease, mnemonic is GN OMONIC, I think. I'll look it up and find the correct definition. I like words, I like big words like to express. People also like to express, let me tell you, my friends, uh, talking points for today, people are stressed the fuck out, man, they continue to be. It's interesting. I was listening to REM, always look, trying to find a different soundtrack, right? So REM and... It was refreshing. I like R.E.M. They've got some great music. Forgot about them for a moment there, you know? It's one of those kind of, how do you forget about them? They're such a big band. 
and it's such great songs I think most people will appreciate, but you forget about it, and they kind of hide on you a little bit in favor of other more popular music. So, one of my favorite patients was on the table, and R.E.M. was playing, it's, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Six so, she said, it's not the end of the world, but it feels like that. And uh, the nurse, such a sweetheart, such a good person. God, I enjoy my time with her. You know, she she likes, uh, what does she call it? The Dr. Ocoma is when she just, you know, we stop talking. Some people feel like we need to talk, you know, because... I do like to catch up and have a, a, a relationship with everybody who comes in. I'm friends with everybody, man. Somebody said the other day, oh, you know everybody. I don't know how that is. I honestly don't. Given all that stuff I told you about being an extroverted introvert. I do, though. I, I, I know a bunch of people. I, I care about people. I try to, I try to treat people well. And it pays dividends, you know. I just try to, to not just try to be everybody's friend. Not like in a way that is like, hey, I want to be your friend, man. Come on, be my friend. And I just treat people nice and I try to make folks laugh and I try to make them feel good in everything I do. And historically, whether that's teaching or instructing a fitness program or being their doctor, I just try to just try to be real. And I think I feel like people need that. And appreciate that more than anything else. There's a lot of a lot of people. It's not like they're not. It's not like people want to be fake. But the psychology, the human psychology, the human condition. A lot of times, we're not happy with something about ourselves, or we lack confidence, or we are, you know, self-conscious of a perceived flaw or whatever. And so we put on a different face. I talked to a friend today about what I have said about the three faces. The three faces that we we show. And then, you know, how that that other quote uh, said that you're showing six faces. If you're two people having a conversation, they're, they're showing six faces, you know. Faces they show each other and the faces that they, you know, basically fucking... The three faces times six, or times two people. All right, so all these combinations of a front, a a, a facade. It doesn't make, um, what I'm trying to say is that everybody does this, or most people do this, because they're not sure how they're going to be received on the other end. They are self-conscious about something. They are scared that somebody's not going to be there to issue the response that they want. Whatever, you know, and that's that's life, that's communication. But people are angry, people are stressed and they're angry, and I agree the world, um, it's not the end of the world as we know it. Um, I don't know what that song's supposed to be about by R.E.M., but 
It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. It's like yeah, cool under fire, maybe, or it's not the end of the world, so I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to panic. But it's an appropriate uh, song for our times. I'll have to determine next to Path of the Monarch, I'll have to figure out what the interpretation of that song is. And of course, that's art, so whatever your interpretation, you know, doesn't even matter what the author, what the writer of that song meant, right? Because all that matters is how we perceive it, right? They're trying to, an artist, they're trying to evoke a response, they're trying to produce a, a feeling an experience but people are angry and they're stressed and they are they're very you know one thing I notice around me I notice it particularly today because I, I you know my, my confidant Barb was doing her massages today and we have this thing I might have mentioned previously I love Barb and I've known her for many years she's been with me since I started the practice in 2005 and she's right behind the door I put up some, uh, the, you know, in the other room, and between us on the door, I put some anti-noise foam. And it's kind of aesthetic, and it also shields that area, and I, I like it. I'm trying to, because I get people come in my office, my, my adjustment room, and they, they just go, they let it all out. That's the thing about physical medicine. You have conversations. And those conversations need to be private, but also um, you know, I'm not a therapist. But it's very therapeutic what I do. I think more than physically. And it's therapeutic for me as well. It's not, I'm not saying I'm solving all the world's problems, but Anyway, I'm concerned periodically about just the fucking cacophony, the the fricking barrage of noise, of emotion, of laughter, of love, of passion, of um, that comes from my room. And Barb's back there doing a massage, and she's got her own client with her. But usually, you know, there'll be conversation, but nothing like has got to come from my room. Today I had a friend who was very upset and dropping F-bombs, this and that. A young student who's taking a course that kind of pushed some of her buttons. She wants to be a, a social worker, which is going to require dealing with, you know, communicating with people, dealing with very delicate situations and helping people and, and so on and so forth. So, taking a course where these sorts of things are, you, you're, you know, okay, it's called communication and counseling or something. So teacher is a counselor and said, you know, all right, everybody talk about your experiences, you know, express yourself, everybody get in, in, in groups, you know, and talk to each other. And it really pushed my friend's buttons. She didn't want to do that. She didn't want to share with with a bunch of strangers, even though that that's, you know, she would be asking, and I understand that little patient confidentiality thing, where if you're dealing with a therapist or whatever, you 
know, you don't want to tell everybody. It's a few select people you're going to trust. And she wants to be that person for other people. But, you know, I don't know. I think that for the sake of a class, you could probably share in a selective capacity some things about your life and fulfill the requirements of, uh, of the course, of the exercise, and then, you know, ultimately pass the course. Uh, it, you know, people have different things going on. So she was telling me about what she's dealing with and, and why she felt that way. And, and it's very, but she was very upset. And certainly not with me. You know, we're, we're, we're great. I feel like we're great friends. I, I say that, I, I don't really know her very well. But I, I but I, I'm open to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm there for her. I, I think, I sense that she feels safe with me and, and, and in our practice. And I'm honored to take care of her. And I, I you know, I, gosh, some of this stuff comes at you. And it's wonderful that somebody would would share. It's an honor that somebody would share how they're feeling. It's part of the thing, man. It's part of the fucking deal. Got my one friend who calls it the Dr. O coma. That's because I hum. I'm humming, in this case, REM songs. And we just stop talking. For this experience, we just, we just stop talking and I sing or hum little songs. And I just very... Uh, different touch with her, very gentle, and, you know, every once in a while, maybe we'll talk about some, but it's a very, it's a specific thing, another person, we have our talking points, we have to, you know, we, we discuss, you know, sometimes we discuss, you know, what I talk about in the podcast, I love when people will say, hey, you know, I saw that you, uh, you know, we talked about this, you know, what about that? How did this turn out? Or somebody told me today that it was really funny, the story I told about the guy who smelled at the gym. and um, <laughs> Some of the stuff's been really funny. Good, I, I want to make people laugh. You know, I want to make people, I want to be real. I want people to... Uh, I had no problem. That's the thing with me. Like if he has, if I'm in a class now, I've, I haven't. Uh, everybody's different, but if you ask me to get amongst people and to say, "Listen, respectfully, you know, this is how I feel about this," or these are some of the things that went on in my life, or whatever, I have no problem talking. I don't know where the fuck that came from, right? Some people do not like to express themselves or let anybody else know how they feel. Uh, not that I'm looking for people to tell my problems or my experiences, but um, I, I have no problem doing it. I don't. I feel like people appreciate when you when you share your part of yourself. You shouldn't bullshit people or sugarcoat them, especially if you're you're proud of who you are and where you've been. So that's motivating. Just trying to be real and 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 having that well received by people and and really like gamifying, you know, um, uh, making it a challenge, being up to the challenge and getting creative with, with, as I said the other day, giving people what they need, 
from you, you know, everybody needs something different, and sometimes you can't, you know, you can't fulfill all those, um, you know, the need, and nobody can, only they, only, 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 we can only solve, really, on a lot of levels, we can only solve some problems alone, but that's tough for all of us, it's tough to, you know, try to solve our problems, so, that's that people would would be willing to share parts of a part of their life with me. I think that's one of the best things that I get out of this work. And let me tell you, today was a, a long, hard day. It's it's emotional, it's stressful, but I felt in, in some way it is, but it's also extremely rewarding. But um yeah, that's probably one of the best things about this job is that people, they leave a piece of themselves with you and you with them. You know, somebody told me today, oh, well, I was watching a movie with my sister and I heard your voice. And I was like, was that Dr. O? And she was watching one of my anatomy videos that I sent her um, or I, I told her about because it was about the plantar fascia, plantar fasciitis, and foot and ankle conditions. So, um, yeah, I'm affecting people beyond the office. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about this opportunity to teach people via these videos that I've been doing. I'm trying to make them interesting. I'm trying to make them informative. I'm trying to make them funny if I can but professional and uh, people have been watching them and I've been sending them and uploading them to YouTube and I've been sending them to patients when they need them or uh, just in, informing them about you know, and showing them their anatomy that's awesome um, it's 8.30 at night my friends I'm about ready to head in, five minutes from home, get a nice meal, take the trash out, reboot for tomorrow, I got a shorter day, I'll start the day at 8 a.m. in anatomy class, and then I'll fucking head on over to the office for, I don't know, 10 patients or something. I'll go watch my son play football and it's probably going to rain and people are going to bellyache about that. I got to look up some new jokes. I don't know if I told you the my most recent one. If you, Let's say you're at work and everybody's doing clerical shit. You know, there's all kinds of work from home. You're on computers and using, using uh, different email and database systems and Excel, you say, hey, you know, one thing I noticed, you, I want to pay you a compliment, you excel at your job. Now, the only problem is, when you excel at something, people like the spreadsheet. <laughs> excel spreadsheet, you know? Fucking funny. I can say that, 
people like, oh my God, I've been getting people with that. I've been getting people with the chameleon joke and the weather and the climate change. Um, I told you one guy, that grumpy old man's like, I said, hey, it's fucking weather system. It's going to rain again tomorrow. It's fucking climate change, man. I can, I know it. I read an article that said that chameleons aren't even changing color anymore. He goes, you believe in climate change, man? I said, yeah, chameleons, dude. I, I read an article called chameleons aren't even changing color anymore. They've got reptile dysfunction. <laughs> he couldn't argue with me. He couldn't argue with me. That was that sort of strategery, comical strategery, needs to be employed in our society. Like, not to, you know, but think about it. How often do people just, especially these days, everybody's got a, a hair trigger. Everybody wants to tell everybody, you know, how they feel about this or that. And I, you know, I like to hear all that stuff, but sometimes, you know, just shut the fuck up. Sometimes just shut the fuck up. Make me laugh. Make me think. Make me feel some sort of positive emotion. Or shut the fuck up, man. Somebody, in closing, somebody came in and uh, was saying that, uh, he goes, oh, I I said, how's such and such? Oh, she's always complaining. She's always got something to complain about. Always talking trash. And it's like, you know, do you know what's you believe what such and such is going on? It's like, it's it is that it is that bullshit soap opera recipe. You know, it's fucking human beings over since we were walking on two feet. The soap opera fucking recipe. That is when, my friends, you can't help but be intrigued about what's going on. The drama over here. What's going on at work? What's going on at home? What's going on with this one? With that one? I'll tell you what. Try to mind your own fucking business. You turd. Try to refrain from extracting some sort of joy, some sort of dopamine hit. Your brain likes dopamine hits, so like you, you drink a beer or smoke a cigarette or have a cup of coffee or do something that you find rewarding, your brain will squirt out this, what's called a neurotransmitter. It's a type of hormone released in the brain, dopamine. So people that are with addictive behaviors, which is all of us, um, they have this dopamine hit. It's a release of this charge. That's why we keep, we feel compelled to keep doing things. And my point, talking to my friend here, is that yes, people are addicted to drama. We're addicted to gossip. People love this shit. Always have. Always have. What are they doing over there? You know what's really cool? It's not to talk shit, just focus on your own shit. Focus on helping people. God, it's just it it it's so fucking wonderful. Just to it, it's my job. And it, you know, I'll tell you something. This was my plan. I th- I remember the other day when I was in the Marine Corps, I remember ju- having a juicer. And I remember reading nutrition books from a, a back of a freaking amphibious tank. Sitting there while other guys were looking at Hustler 
and friggin' high whatever fucking outlaw biker magazine and all this shit with scantily clad women, their titties hanging out, sitting on the back of a chopper. Look, I read that shit too. My platoon sergeant, fucking unbelievably crude gentleman, but a, a frickin' guy you want around if you're going to survive a combat situation, I believe. He would have, you know, pictures of his favorite porn stars laminated into the back of his maps. These maps that we would use to navigate different areas of operation. So it would be like a map of, you know, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, a particular lap of, a map of Telford, Pennsylvania. And on the back of it, laminated into the, the map, because they're paper, he'd laminate the maps and he'd laminate a, a, um, a porn star into the back, or some woman from Outlaw Biker magazine. Just primal, dirty, crude guy. He was funny as shit. And, um, gotta forget where I was going with this. What the hell was I saying about him? Anyway, he was the fucking best. But, um, I was talking about talking shit. Anyway, you shouldn't talk shit, man. I mean, it's fun to sometimes, but it shouldn't be your compulsion. It shouldn't be all you got going on. You know what it is? It's like a type of boredom. It's actually sad when people always have... You ever notice that? You know, I watch a lot of people, right? And I notice that this, that that folks have patterns. You can see the, the behaviors at work. And uh, one of them is that people like to talk shit. And they like to be negative. These are addictions. So why don't you try to be positive, try to find somebody to help, somebody to service. Oh, I know what I was saying. So I would, I remember in the, being in the Marine Corps and being out on some operation and after we went non-tactical, so we unloaded our weaponry and, you know, started packing it in after a training operation. I would be reading nutrition uh, books and magazines and I had a fucking juicer in my barracks room. Everybody else had bottles of booze and shit. And I had those too. Um, And I remember really being into... I I got into alternative medicine was what it was called back then. I started getting interest in physical therapy and chiropractic and and other stuff. Um, It was kind of interesting, exciting, uncharted territories. But mainly... I. I, I remember saying, you know what, I want to do something that I love for a living, and I want it to compel me to take care of myself. And I want to feel like I'm really enjoying my, my profession, like I'm, I'm doing good. I wanted to, even back at a time when I was just a fucking warrior, I was thinking about the days after I got out of the Marines, and that I could do something that you know, would that where I could be a use to society. And I love that, that premise, just being, being of use to society, doing some kind of good. And I achieved that, is my point. I'm doing that. I am doing good. I am helping people. I do feel like I look forward to going to the office every day. 
even when I'm tired and it's almost nine o'clock at night and I'm just now pulling into, you know, into the driveway. At least I can say that I'm doing something useful that's helping people. That makes all this shit worthwhile. So don't be a fucking anus hole. Don't talk shit about people. Because when you do that, you know that it's because, it's usually because you are unhappy in your own life. You're unhappy with your own life, so you are angry about that. And you want other people, you recognize when other people are unhappy, or unfulfilled, or dysfunctional, and you like to point that out. Because you're not happy in your own life. And sometimes you can point it out and you can talk a little shit, but don't be a fucking anus hole. Right? It's just, it's it's like hate. Hate that you're hearing people say, well, hate actually takes something from you, and it does. It robs you of your steals your thunder. No way, man. No way. Alright. 